want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. Coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios, it's the Fade Route with DNZ. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the AO studio. Hey yo. It's the fade route with D and Z. I am D and we got a great show for you tonight. Yankees get advertising patches. NBA makes rule changes. And baseball starts their second half at the end of the week. But we begin today's show with the MLB All-Star game took place yesterday and the home run derby took place on monday the national league rallied in the eighth inning to beat the american league 3-2 i believe it was their first win in like 11 years something crazy like that yeah in the home run derby vlad jr beat a rosarina in the finals what was your biggest takeaway from the game and mr met are you disappointed pete alonzo did not win three in a row my biggest takeaway from the game, I did not give two shits, and I still give do not give two shits. Really? The Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Really? Do you like care. the All-Star Game? Do not care. I have no interest whatsoever. Now, is this something and, recent, or has this always been the case with you? Like, what's up? So, with the advent of interleague play, oh, okay. I can I can watch Pete Alonso face Garrett Cole anytime, like twice a year. Yeah. I can watch Camilo Doval try and shut down, you know, a lineup that includes some of the all-stars that were mentioned. I can see David Bednar trying to come in and try and close the game out for the Pirates against the Guardians. Like, it, it the bloom is off the rose, man. Yeah. If, if you think back, think back at the height of Major League Baseball, right? Let's talk about the mid-90s. You could have had Greg Maddox starting, right? And your lineup would be Tim Raines, Wade Boggs, Ken Griffey Jr., Juan Gonzalez, Frank Thomas. You were Greg Maddox was never facing those guys. Mm-hmm. Like, it was special. It, it was something that was fun, something that there was bragging rights because they never played each other. On the converse side, you had Roger Clemens, right? Your your lineup was Tony Gwynn, Jeff Bagwell, Barry Larkin. Roger Clemens never faced them. Like it was a treat. It was something different. Now, between free agency, so guys willy-nilly moving about the league, and interleague play, it's killed the buzz for me. Like that that's really killed the buzz for me. I did watch the home run derby though. I, did, I watched I watched a lot of the home run derby. And do I care that Pete Alonso didn't win his third home run derby? No. <laughs> it, it's not even 
I mean, it's it's a nice little accolade. It's a nice feather in his cap. Like that's not gonna go. You know, that might go on his bust if he goes into Cooperstown. Two time, mm. you know, it might, mm-hmm. but it's a footnote. You know, it, it's a nice, notable achievement, but ultimately, it's in an exhibition in a, in a part of the season that ultimately doesn't really matter. And frankly, it's just it's it's a product of a bygone era, mm-hmm. right? The MLB NBA All Star Game is trash. Oh, that's trash. The, that's, the that's pro trash. the Pro Bowl is garbage. It doesn't even exist anymore. The NHL All Star Game is like a round robin three on three tournament. We kind of like it, that it, one. It's all right. The MLS they put together an All Star team and they play a Premier League team. Like this hmm. year they're playing Arsenal, I believe. Oh, that should be a blowout. It should be. You know, Arsenal should kick the crap out of the MLS All Star. <laughs> Blowed out. Yeah. Even you know you know bring in bring in the new guys and just let them get their feet wet. Well, yeah, well, you know, they had a they had a decent rating last night. They had seven million viewers. Uh, it's down ha- about five hundred thousand from last year. Just to give people an idea of the the eyeballs on this, about ten million people watch Wheel of Fortune every night. So it was down from that. Um, it's around what I think it's a little lower than what the NBA All Star Game gets, or right around what the NBA All Star Game gets. And the NBA All Star Game has some star power in it. You know, I I agree with you. I think the NBA All Star Game is trash. However, they also have a lot of big names and a lot of people that people that you know fans like to see. Um, right, but if you're looking at if you look at it, Major League Baseball All Star Game is the closest thing that still remember re- resembles a regular season game. And well, NBA, that's a, all, the NBA All Star yeah. Game does not do. That. Nah, it's a joke. But that's that was going to be my next point. Is you know. I like watching the All-Star game, the baseball All-Star game, because I feel like everybody competes. So, yeah, I get what you're saying, that you could see this guy face this guy. You, you know, you could see these things, you know, in a weekend now. But it still is uh, a competitive game being played by arguably the best players in the game right now. Um, but my biggest well, thing, the best players available, because how many people were out due to injury? True, true. Yeah, Dansby was out. Um, Altuve didn't get there because Aaron he was, Judge, Valdez. There's a lot of people that you know, and there's some people that chose not to play because they wanted a couple couple days off. But I mean, I still enjoy the game. Um, you know, it brings back nostalgia of watching, like you said, Greg Maddox have to mow down, like, you know, Tony Gwynn and shit like that. Um, well, not Tony Gwynn. I'm just saying, like, getting to see, like, the best pitchers against the best hitters, um, you know, in the game, if anything. Uh, my biggest takeaway, and you might laugh, was that uh, the Braves would have scraped the American League. Yep, I'm going to say it. If it was the Braves against the American League, the Braves would have won. And the score wouldn't have been as high as you thought it was going to be. And here's my argument. Because at the end of the day, the American League team would have been just a bunch of stars playing together, where on the other side, you would have had a team that's been playing together all year. And I think that would have been the real difference in the game. I'm kind of happy Pete, you know, didn't win three in a row. 
um, because I, you know, I like Ken Griffey Jr. having that. Uh, well, he wouldn't have won three in a row anyway. He didn't lose. He won. He didn't win last year. Julio Rodriguez knocked him out, and he knocked him out again. It was over before it even started, man. Forty-one uh, home runs. Pichu just uh, gracefully bowed out. Yeah, but it was it was a good game. I enjoyed watching Otani. He struck out. I enjoyed watching Austin Riley make some phenomenal plays at third base. Um, you know, it's it's fun. It's it's fun. It's fun to watch uh, players try to steal. Seeing people try to steal in the All Star games, like people trying to steal in the World Series, I feel like even though the the success rate of a stolen base is like seventy eight percent these days, crazy. Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, the baseball All Star game is still my favorite All Star game to watch. Um, I enjoy I enjoy the competition. I enjoy them interviewing the players. I enjoy the, I enjoy the banter. Um, yeah, I I, I I enjoy it. That's fair. I mean, it's more of an exhibition. It's more entertainment. It's not a not, nah, but it's game. not it's not so it's not as cheesy though as the NBA All Star Game where people are just giving each other layups and dunks and no one's playing defense. I mean, those pitchers out there are trying to get the batter out. And you know the pit, the batters that are coming in, they're trying to hit the ball. They're trying to get on base. They're not. They're no slouching in this game. Like, cause they're the other part is, is they don't play the whole game. So when they do play, they want to do well. Like I'm not. If I'm only getting one at bat, man, I'm gonna make this count. If I'm only pitching one inning or two, two batters, I'm on a national stage right now. I'm gonna make it count. No, you're absolutely. That's absolutely true. And there's no like. There's really no additional like frills and competitions outside of the home run derby there's no skills competition you know like in the, the pro bowl games you have all of these different events now yeah and the, the nba weekend you have the rising stars game now. major league baseball has that too but they pre-tape it uh, major league baseball only does the home run derby right they have the NBA has multiple events within the skills competition. The NHL has the best skills competition, yes, in do. my opinion. That's right. They so, sure like, do. if Major League Baseball somehow incorporated more skills, like in, uh, I believe it's the KBO, they do the bunt derby. You have to bunt into a bullseye. It's almost like darts, but with bunting. Like, that would be a cool event. Um, I mean, you probably can't get maybe, like, Maybe like NFL quarterback club used to do the farthest throw. Like you have an outfielder try and throw from the warning track to home. Like whoever gets the far, whoever gets the closest. Like these were events that, you know, might bring some interest because it's man against man. And, you know, even like a match race, like think about the fastest guys in the, the in the majors. Wouldn't they want to know who the fastest guy is? Home, like, uh, like going from home to first, and and from first to home, and things like that. Yeah, like even oh, even like a four by one relay. Like, you gotta go. You know, you start from home to first. Next person, boom, from first to second, third, from second to third. Like, do something like that. Make it interesting. Like, make, give it some, give it something different. Because what what do we see? What's we get the star, the rising stars game pre-taped on Saturday. We get the celebrity softball game, which, okay, who cares? Yeah. You know, like, great. Like, Felix Hernandez hit a home run. Whoopee. 
and that's pre-taped too. And then the home run derby, and then that's it. So like, it, they're gonna have to do. They're gonna have to clean it up a little bit to get my attention back. But we are officially at the halfway point, right? Officially, we're o- a little bit over the halfway point of the total number of games played. But this, the All Star break, marks the unofficial midway point of the season. The trade deadline. It's August 1st, man. It's not that far away. So what storylines are you going to be following in the second half of the year? So there's a couple. So the first, the number one storyline I'm going to be watching for is who in the American League, which team is going to rise to compete with the Braves for the World Series? Because right now I don't know there's a team out there that's going to be able to do it. You know, I'm, I'm Houston's not going to be able to do it. The Angels aren't going to make the playoffs. The Yankees aren't going to. I don't know what the Yankees are going. The Yankees aren't going to make the playoffs. Rays, yeah, right. Boston, no. Cleveland, Cleveland, no. Chicago, no. So, like, I want to see which team is going to make an acquisition at the deadline. Which team is going to make a run? And which team is going to compete? Because right now, there's not a team that can touch the Braves. Um, The second storyline I'm going to be following is who in the National League could trip the Braves up? Like, what team is going to, like, turn it around? And and I got to be like, hmm, they could be a problem in a three-game series. Hmm. Or, I mean, they could be a problem in a five-game series. Hmm. I don't know if I really want to play this team, you know. Like last year, it was the Phillies, man. The Phillies got hot at the right time, and they were a problem. Is it going to be the Reds? Is Then I think I think the Braves can outscore the Reds. I mean, that's why I'm not really too worried about the Reds. Um, are, are the Padres going to make the playoffs? They're four games under 500. Are they going to turn around? Because if you're going to three, if, you, if they got to think we got to play San Francisco, Braves have to play San Francisco, please. The Dodgers, they got nothing. The Dodgers got no pitching. It's not happening. So I want to see what team in the National League, you know, kind of rises up or gets hot or makes me wonder, like, hmm, I don't want to play them or they could be a problem because right now I don't see that. And then the last, the last storyline we're following is will Aaron Judge come back this year? This dude's on my fantasy team. And I can't, nobody wants him. So everyone's kind of failing, figuring that he's he's not going to be coming back or he's going to come back and he's going to be a shadow of himself. I don't know. But I don't think the Yankees, I don't think the Yankees are going to be able to make it with him or without him. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that rides out. The Braves are 16-29 right now. I can all but guarantee you they will not represent the National League Whoa! You heard it, guys. July 12th, Z puts his hex on the Braves. Why are you doing my team dirty, Z? Well, turnabout is fair play in the way you speak of. But, <laughs> but it's not just that. They're off to such a hot start. And what's, what is the playoffs about? It's about the hot team at the moment. So later in the year like that is when you really want to take off look at the Phillies look at the Nationals 
you're able to kind of peak at the right time. Now, the team could make a couple of then start that process. Milwaukee. Milwaukee's still got some studs. Now, if they add some, some more pitching to go with Burns and Woodruff, say JV from the Mets, sitting in as your number three, that's something interesting. Now, also the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, if they add a pitcher or two, they can be dangerous. They're in a statistical tie with the with the Dodgers. Wild. So, yeah, it's it's been a very surprising year. I don't expect the Reds <laughs> to be there at the end. The Reds are too young. They're a year ahead of time. The Diamondbacks, they can slip a little bit, but I think they'll be enough to be in the wild card. The, the cream will rise to the top except for the Cardinals. I'm looking at the Cardinals because who's available on the Cardinals? Arenado, Goldschmidt, maybe Montgomery, maybe Wayno. So that, that could be an interesting little breakup there. I'm looking at the Padres. Who are they possibly going to get rid of? Soto's a free agent. Am I going to, are we going to see Soto move again? Are we going to see, you know, maybe Musgrove, maybe you Darvish. Maybe if, if they feel like they're out and they're just treading water, perhaps they, you know, get out from under these more expensive pieces. Do the Rockets trade Chris Bryant? Like that would be something I'm looking looking at. Do the Mets deal Verlander? Do they deal Scherzer? Do they take 50 cents on the dollar and just eat some salary? Or do they take on salary and if they find that they're going to add in the next two weeks? Like there's they're an intriguing talk, team. There's been some talk of uh, Bellinger possibly going to the Yankees. Cody Bellinger to the Yankees is another team that I'm looking at, another player that I'm looking at because it makes too much sense. He can spell Rizzo at first. He can play center field. He's left-handed. You know, he's how, the how most do the Yankees not have any lefties in their lineup? Only Rizzo, right? So, it's so weird. It's so wild. It, but but this is a fault of Brian Cashman. He chose Giancarlo Stanton over Juan Soto. He chose Giancarlo Stanton over Bryce Harper. He, these these Did are he, all moves that are. Yeah, he's, he's, these are moves that are starting to bite teams in the ass, right? This is the team that's starting to bite them in the ass. Are the Marlins going to stay around? Do the Marlins add? But it's a very good young core team. Skip Schumacher's got them playing well. Oh, Gold Cup, baby. Panama just took the lead on USA. Oy vey. No bueno. But <laughs> I'm looking at... Do, do the Rangers hold on? Because the Astros are right there. These are some. These are plenty of interesting stories. I don't care about the central. Like the central is <laughs> a walkover, man. Like I'm. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at it. The Guardians, the Twins, they don't scare me. The Tigers and Matt Manning, who just you know they threw a combined no hitter against the Dutch. Don't care. There are going to be three teams from the American League East in the playoffs. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. But it's the main storyline that interests me. Or where are these chess pieces going to go? I mean, we're going to talk about Otani later, so I'm not even going to discuss him right now. But he's he's like, right? He is the overarching story. Like, <laughs> it has been the entire season. Where, where is he going to go? Is he going to go? What's it going to take to get him? But meanwhile, you have more reasonable targets like a Bellinger. Hell, even Juan Soto is more realistic than Otani. It might take less to get Soto out of San Diego. So I'm looking to see... You know, 
and shakes out because there is no waiver deadline, right? That that is long gone. We're we're not doing that anymore. There could be some huge names moving. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for a personal service quality products and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or Swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. We're talking about shaking and shaping the landscape of sports. A recent story came out that's shaping the landscape of how media covers sports. The New York Times has eliminated their sports department. I say that again. A national newspaper has eliminated its sports sports department. So probably the biggest newspaper in the world acquired The Athletic about a year ago and decided that we're just gonna, we're gonna outsource it to The Athletic. So it's redundant. We're not gonna have that. We're not gonna have our own sports section. We're just gonna outsource it. So we're media, this affects us. What are your <laughs> thoughts on the changes made by the New York Times and the L Times? Because they're in the process of doing this as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised, I'm shocked. It's a bold move. Um, the true. crazy part is, is I don't think the younger reader will care because that's not where they get their stories or their information. Um, you know, times are changing and the the New York Times might be ahead of the curve here. It's just, it's a shame because, you know, we're so used to getting, getting to know players and getting to know coaches and getting inside stories about Roger Goodell and Rob Manford and what really happened here and what really happened there. And that that's what we're really going to lose. And there are some really good writers that, that work for those papers. And we're not going to be able to enjoy their craft on that on that platform. Um, but at the same time, I think it it opens things up for shows like us and people who do podcasts and people who do blogs. Because now that becomes a place where you can get information, which is can be a little scary too, because, you know, you trust the New York times to do honest research and do and deliver honest work. Well, we slip up from time to time. Our jobs aren't on the line on here. 
so you know someone can listen to what we say and you know we do our best to do our research you know we have a stats department but hey you know it's it's the best we could do but i think that's the stuff that's going to really be missed is the stories and getting to know players and getting to know personnel and and really getting not not I don't want to say dirt but getting the truth you know things happened at northwestern over the weekend where their head coach got fired and that was all because you know someone went to the school paper and kind of got it out there and you know that and that's that's a small paper as opposed to going to the New York Times, going to the Daily News, going to the New York Post. And you know, you have to figure that a guy like Tyler Kepner, who's been at the, the New York Times forever and has been a, a key cog and anchor in that sports program, he's now doing the national news. Like that's you know that that's quite shocking, quite the adjustment for somebody who is very well known. Tyler Kepner is a well-known and well-respected writer, but I mean, you're looking at the Atlantic; they you know, they definitely have you know a fair share of quality writers. You know, Frank Sola, you have Ken Rosenthal. Uh, they definitely have quality behind this, but. It's a cost saver, right? Yeah, that, that's what it, that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, like they have the athletic, it's it's redundant to keep a sports department athletic when you can just both. And newspapers are a dying art anyway, right? Newspapers have been yeah, a, a dying media forever. That's what yeah. they say. They you say know, print they get, is dying, but they get thinner and thinner. And they get, you know, more and more content is transferred over to the digital side. And that plays into the hands of, you know, the athletics of the world, the podcasts, the other other media outlets that only in the digital space. So, you know, I, I understand it from a business standpoint. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily, because you have a lot of people who are now either scrambling to find work or you're putting people in positions where they won't necessarily succeed. But maybe that's part of it. You know, maybe it's just, we'll give you this and you'll want to leave on your own accord kind of thing. But it's... It's a dark day. Never thought I'd see the day. Never, never thought I would see something like this. Because, you see, you got to think that other papers look to the New York Times and try to mimic the things that they do. It's hard to believe there aren't papers out there that are looking at this and saying, hmm, we can do the same thing, you know, or, you know, we... We can get we can get by in other ways. We can save costs in other ways, or you know we can we can we can subsidize this. We could outsource it. You got to imagine that this is on the minds of smaller papers. Yeah, I mean, think about it from from our standpoint, right? We operate on a weekly basis, right? Where we do the hottest stories of the week 
in, in during a given time. Like that allows, like you said, it allows for us to have a little extra space. They have to get it right and they have to get it fast. They have to get it first in some instances. So like on that big stage, there's less room, wiggle room, a lesser, a smaller newspaper that can just rely on associated press reports. They, they don't, they're not going to have the issue that, that, that the New York Times are having. But, and also the idea of the sports column is changing too, because, you know, why, if, I'm, if I have an opinion piece that I'm going to put out that's sourced and that is of a certain length, I can just post it on my own website. I can post it on a blog. I can sell it. Right. right. I, I can, there are so many different spheres that we can operate days, and there's so many multimedia streams that, you know, I can just put a video up on YouTube. I can, I can put it up on Instagram. It's easy to get eyes on you now as compared to even just five years ago. It's easier, it's easy now to get your message out there, to get your brand out there. And this is the wave of the future. I have a bad feeling for news media that this is going to be the first domino that falls but it's more of like a, a restructuring and a reorganization. Like it's going to be more about digital. It's going to be more about yeah multimedia. So a lot more videos. Right, and you also TikTok. see all the and there's all the yeah, and there's all these shows on YouTube and there's all these shows on Instagram. That look, look at ESPN. They're feeling it too, man. Like they just laid off thirty something people. Like they they are they're feeling it as well. Because the, again, there's redundancy, and there's extra calls, and the bottom line is the bottom line. It's a business. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads, Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road, and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood. Speaking of business, the NBA is in the business of changing its rules. There will be two new rule changes in particular next season. Coaches will be given an extra challenge if their first challenge is successful, and refs will be penalizing flopping. Which new rule are you more excited for, Dave? Neither. <laughs> like, replay doesn't work. It doesn't work in any sport. There's no sport where replay works. Let the refs do the best they can and have the eagle eye in the sky eliminate the egregious errors and, and you know, live with the human error, live with the human determination. I mean, he... Here's the, here's the deal. It's just like there's bumping and there's holding and there's grinding on every single play in the NBA. You call a foul every time someone goes to the basket. What's going to make you call a foul this time and not that time? How are your 60-year-old eyes going to be able to see if he really hit his elbow on this on this toss? Or if it really mattered that you know he pulled the chair out from under him when he was trying to box out? You know, these are little things. 
of anything, if you want to hold it until the last two minutes of the game where it might count a little bit more, okay. But, I mean, the the, the foul disparaged, you know, the differences in fouls in some of these playoff games last year were, were crazy. I mean, it's imp- how is LeBron James only going to go to the foul line like three times? Like, come on. Like, that, these, these things doesn't happen. And then as far as... Uh, as far as flopping, again, this is something that you leave the eagle in the sky to determine. Uh, I think it's hard to judge how much damage a Jokic forearm does to 260-pound LeBron James. Like, is he overthrowing going onto the floor? Possibly, but I've also never been pushed by a man that tall and that big before. I don't really know. Um... Let the players play in concrete. A lot less of them will hit the ground. Um, <laughs> uh, I can assure you that would eliminate flopping. Or how about this? Embarrass them. When they play their flops, play them over and over again in, in, in the arena or around social media to show you know, what a joke it is. I mean, we see it with soccer players, how they, have, you know, they go crazy every time they're kicked or every time they fall. You got hockey players dislocating, dislocating shoulders and going out there and still playing. It comes down to you need to find a way to make your players respect the game a little bit more. And honestly, one of the other things I'm a little tired of, especially in the NBA, is arguing with the referee. Like, even when you make a foul, they still argue with the referee. I get it. You want to be competitive and you want to win and you, your job is on the line and you're not doing, you're not having a good night and all that. Yeah, I get all that. But you can't tell me that LeBron James, as big as a star as he is, him complaining to referee over and over and over again doesn't do psychological on that referee so that when he does make a mistake, he gives LeBron a make good. Or he's more inclined to give LeBron the call because it's LeBron James. It's it's just, you know, it's... It, it's common psyche here. I mean, it's just, it's just the way our bodies are conditioned to react to certain things. And the NBA had that whole, that whole cheating scandal back in the the 2000s. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, there need, you need to get your players to respect the game more. It's not about really changing the rules here. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned soccer, and you, you do get this in hockey as well, the idea of embellishment, right? It's it's one thing, like, if you get fouled, you get fouled soccer, right? You have a late challenge, you get, if somebody goes in, studs up, automatic red card, you're, you know, you have these things, but any kind of bump or, you know, even just like a little box out, flopping to the ground like crazy, in hockey, like we've seen it, guys step on each other's stick blades and just go flailing. So, one of the things that needs to happen in all three of these sports, I mean, in soccer, they play advantage. So, they just keep going. Just keep going. Plain and simple. Oh, you're going to flop on the ground? That's nice. Your team is now at a numerical disadvantage. Yeah. Too, too bad. So sad. Get up. Yeah, I mean, they just don't—they don't get it. They don't—they don't get the disservice they're doing to the game by acting in the manner they did. I mean, and it's—it's it's this new era 
right? I mean, I don't remember Larry Bird ever faking being hit in the face. Larry or... Bird usually doing the hitting. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's because like, they made it so soft. Maybe you should go back to it being a little hard. And <laughs> when you get when you get slapped in the eye, you don't have to fake it and slapped in the eye. No. Yeah, I mean, Adam Silver has got his hands full. He's trying to put in this in-season tournament, which for the life of me, I don't understand at all. Um, they're going to count as regular season games. They're just going to think it's going to be played in December. It's going to be seeding. There's money on the line. I think the finals are going to be played in Vegas. I mean, if you're a good team, I mean, I don't see why you'd want to play in that in-season tournament. The, the problem is, is they're, they're trying to mimic what the NCAA does. But in the NCAA, you get teams that would never normally play each other. So you get a Kansas against a USC or you get like a you get like a Duke versus a Butler like you know the and and these are games we wouldn't normally get when you do this in-season tournament you're going to get teams that in about 2 months they're going to wind up doing a home and away series. So I don't I I, I guess I the NBA shouldn't be trying to take things from college. Let's right. put it that way, right? Like, you're supposed to set the standard. College should be trying to figure out, well, how does the NBA do so well? You're not supposed to go and look at the college, look at the college format and be like, man, I really like what they got going on here. We got to try to take something from the minor leagues. Yeah, <laughs> take something from the small team. What? I mean, if you're going to do something like that, then, okay, take take the divisions and have them play a tournament. For, you know, number one, first place team, you get a bye. Other four teams, it's a tournament. The winner of that tournament gets the division leader. Playoff spots on the line. Do something crazy. So like an automatic bid or something? An automatic bid into the playoffs. Yeah, like if you're really gonna do this, then if if you're really gonna rip off college, then rip off college. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as far as the rules that we know about, um, the flop, it's going to be a tech. I don't know if it's going to necessarily dissuade. Yeah, so from what I, yeah, so what, yeah, so from what I understand, it's a technical free throw, but you do not get the ball after you shoot the free throw, from what I gather. Like you, you, you shoot your shot, but then it goes back to whoever had possession. Yeah, I don't know. It's too convoluted for my liking. You know, just... It's it's absolutely pointless. Just call a tech and just do it like you normally would. It doesn't need to have, you know, it, it, it doesn't need to have this additional layer to it. And it can be and, challenged. Yeah. It can be challenged. This is going to this is gonna go the way of the pass interference rule in the NFL. It's going to be on a, a, a pilot program basis, and then it's going to be gone after a year. You know, that that does nothing for me. The ch- coaches' challenges, the NBA is slow enough as it is in the last two minutes. Oh, it's awful. Like, like I, I definitely get a nice tour of the, the coaches' table, uh, the scorers' table, I should say, like at that point in the game. The only time, the only thing this year is we're not going to have Jeff Van Gundy talking about it. Yeah. But, you know, 
we've gone so far with technology in the game that, you know, the cat is out of the bag. So we can't really say like, oh, just take it away because it's not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, unfortunately, like they're not playing to us. Like we're the old men yelling at clouds at this point in our lives. And that's fine. Like I, I will, I will yell at that cloud because it's stupid, but you know, it, it's not what we grew up with. It's not what we enjoy. And we're not the only ones. Like if we want to watch highlight reels, I'll watch YouTube. I'll watch YouTube with Michael Jordan. I won't watch it. I will not watch today's product for highlight reel. Just if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about real games, if we're gonna talk about real competition, like it's slowly but surely eroding. And it, a lot of it is due to like the softer nature of the sport. You're you know, there's a there's just there's listen, there's no there's no pride. The players don't have pride in their teams, like it's about you know, the individual contract, right? And, and, and they don't have respect for the game. You know, Larry Bird wasn't going to try to hook up with Michael Jordan and win championships. No, I want to beat Michael Jordan. Magic Johnson was not going to go and try to join Isaiah and the Pistons. No, I want to beat the Pistons' brains in with my team where I am. And that's the whole mentality that changed. I and mean, you get players that bounce from team to team, you know, how could he possibly really care about the longevity of this particular team? And also the advent of free agency. Free yeah. agency is a major thing. Like player movement, when you had a situation where like a Bill Walton met up with a Kareem, they were traded. It was a tra- Kareem, perfect example. He ended up, he was in Milwaukee from the Lakers. He, he got traded. Like, these things happen. Yeah, perfect examples. Look what's look what's happening with Damian Lillard. I want to be a Blazer for life. I want to be a Blazer for life. I want to, I want to play here. I want to win here. I want to surround me. And then, oh, trade me. What? You think, you think Kyrie Irving gives a shit about the Dallas Mavericks? <laughs> it's just a uniform. It's just a, it's just a game he's playing. He doesn't care about anything like that. Guys like Kevin Durant don't give a shit what you think about them because at the end nope. of the day, you are coming to watch them. Yep, and he's chasing experiences. That's what he's chasing. He's not chasing championships. He's chasing experiences. He wanted to go to the Suns two years before he got to the Suns. <laughs> right. So I'm sure Brooklyn was. I'm sure Brooklyn felt great about that when they were bringing him in and building around him with Kyrie and James Harden and oh, so like, yeah, well, you know they went all in and that's what teams are doing now they're they're buying into the mercenary nature of sport and you know the idea of drafting and developing a team feels passe now Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of wild where rather than you know draft and develop and grow a young core we're just going to go for the quick fix and it's just it's amazing how you know how it changed and it wasn't even that long ago that you know trust the process right that was <laughs> that that built the sixers and i mean i guess the you know that's the shining example of how of when it doesn't work <laughs> but you know a team that's trying to use the process is the san antonio spurs right they drafted victor Wimbanyama, number one overall 
and apparently they've seen all they've needed to see from him in summer league pop and company pop who just signed a brand new five-year contract so he answered our question about how long is he going to coach at least five more years so pop and company have decided to shut down victor Wembanyama after only two summer league games now, we know that Summer League doesn't mean much to begin with, but what are your takeaways from Wemby's Summer League performance? Wow. Uh, I was blown away. I'm blown away by his size. I'm blown away by his length. Uh, he, If he's able to stay healthy, Z, I, just, I think he's going to change the game of basketball. I mean, to, I watched him get a rebound off the rim without even dunk without without even jumping and then he dunked it into the basket he put it right back in he swats jump shots and then runs the floor you can't block his jump shot he can shoot from wherever he wants to on the floor you cannot block his jump shot so if he decides He's not going to go to the basket. He's going to shoot a three. He's going to shoot from the foul line, the baseline. Just go get the rebound or box him out because you can't block his shot. I'm looking uh, – I, I have to say, yeah, from the for the first time since LeBron, I'm actually looking forward to him playing a real game. Like I, well, Zion was cool, but I, I wasn't that anticipating what he was going to look like against professionals. I really want to see this kid play in a serious game and and just see the what's all the possibilities with him, you know. The the Spurs are famous for not not throwing alley-oops. They're going to be throwing a lot of alley-oops to this guy. There's no reason not to. No, he's he has the ball handling skill, he has the touch, he has the finesse. I want to see him. I want to see the body. I want to see how he takes to this kind of adversity. I want to see how he goes up against a Jokic. I want to see him go up against a top defender. I want to see him go up against a guy like Draymond. He's yeah. got what well, he's got. Draymond's going to get ejected. Both of them are probably going to get ejected because Draymond's going to get frustrated, especially if he posterizes him. Well, it's going to go both ways because you know what. Draymond is going to get underneath Wemby and he'll fight for positioning. And that's going to lead to more than one step. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting battle throughout the year. And there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of positives to take out of this, right? He rebounded from that first game and he delivered, right? He went from 9, 8, and 5. In that second game, he delivered a double-double. He was a 27, 12, and three blocks. So that's what you want to see. You want to see that he's able to shake off bad performances. Now, can he do that on the second day of a back-to-back against Giannis and the Bucks, or against LeBron and AD? Can he do that against Kevin Durant? Like, can he hold down the rim against a guy like Kevin Durant? Like that would—that's something that I would like to see. Like. Those questions have yet to be answered, but if you're the Spurs, you definitely are pleased and he's healthy, right? 
that's the most important thing. The, you know, the 18 points a game, the 10 rebounds, the two assists, the four blocks, that's all nice. But the gravy, that's gravy. That's all gravy. The most important thing is that he is out of summer league healthy and ready to go. But this is the first step. There are plenty more hurdles that Victor Wembanyama needs to climb. And the only reason why he still has to climb them is because the stars don't play in the summer league. Like, this is for, you know, these, this, these are for the undrafted guys. These are for the end of the bench guys. This is for the guys who are... Ah, Chet Holmgren's playing. Chet Holmgren has to play. <laughs> he broke his leg last year. The dude has to play. So Get out there. He has no choice. So he's got to be in shape. Now, and, and Chet Holmgren's not a star. Like, Chet Holmgren ain't done shit in this league. They they're, might, they're, the Thunder might be good this year, man. I'm, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were. Like, I mean, they're, they're, they're certainly young enough. They're certainly talented enough, but. Shai Shilders Alexander, man. Yeah, Shigilders Alexander, he's a, he's a stud. But, you know, um, what's his name? Jo- uh, Josh um, Giddy, another good player. But. You have to, you know, you have to get out of summer league healthy. And Chetigra Holmgren is a prime example. He didn't make it out of summer league healthy. And now he's a year behind the process. So the Spurs did the right thing. Like, they saw what they needed to see. They saw that, you know, he could do the job. And they're, he's now ready for camp. They're ready for camp with him. And the next challenge awaits Wembenyama when the lights are on break. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. More or less. All right, boys and girls, we have statements. And it's either more or less likely. More or less. Number one, the New York Yankees have an outstanding second half and make the playoffs. Less likely. I just don't see where it's going to happen. I don't see where the offense is going to come on. You know, everyone likes to say, well, this is why Judge was the MVP last year. Look how bad this team is without him. Uh, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, I just, even if he came back at 100%, I, they're still not better than the Rays, Orioles, or Toronto. So I'm saying less likely. I am going to say that it's within the realm of possibility, and not necessarily because of a healthy Aaron Judge, although a healthy Aaron Judge would be great. But you're dealing with a torn tendon in a big toe. Chances are that's not happening. And if he does come back, he's going to have to DH. He's going to have to DH. But you're not playing him in the outfield on a torn toe tendon. Oh, good point. 
Throw so, Stanton out there. He's great. Yeah, I mean, Stanton was a representative player when he was with the Marlins. This is what you're seeing is atrophy. That's what you're seeing because the, the Yankees refused to let him play the outfield. When he played, he was pretty decent. But, you know, I'm looking at a guy like Cody Bellinger. You know, uh, high in the sky, Juan Soto. Like, the Yankees, you know, make the move. The Yankees need left-handed pop, like yesterday. Go get Max Kepler from the Twins. Like, do something to get some semblance of left-handed pop into this order because you have none. I'm not mentioning Otani. That's too that's too pie in the sky. That's too rich for Brian Cashman's blood. Uh, actually, probably a lot of these guys are too rich for Brian Cashman's blood at this point in time. But, like, those injection, that injection, you know, that would be something that would provide a little bit of spark. And that's exactly what, what the Yankees need. Hell, like, look at the Cardinals. See what the Cardinals have to offer. Like, maybe you can get something. The Pirates, they're out of it. See if there's see if there's somebody that you can poach off of their team. Catch a little lightning in a bottle. It's within the realm of possibility. They're not that far out. That it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to miss the playoffs. Like even the Red Sox aren't that far out that it's over. Right, they're forty-eight and forty-three. Everybody in the American League East is over five hundred. So, I'm going to say more likely that they stay in this thing and that they have an outstanding second half because they're going to get reinforcements. They have no choice. They have to get reinforcements, preferably left-handed ones, preferably ones that hit home runs in that short porch in the Bronx. More or less, number two. Shohei Otani gets traded at the trade deadline. Hmm. I keep going back and forth on this. I'm going to say it behooves the Angels to trade him because he's not going to be returning. Um, if he hits the open market, he, I mean, he's not going to be returning if he hits the open market. So get something for him now. But from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing Moreno is pretty stubborn on this because he doesn't want to go down as the guy who traded Babe Ruth. So I'm going to say less likely. You have to figure it's less likely just from the simple fact of the matter, right? This guy's going to want a $500 million contract. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know who can afford that, but most teams can't. <laughs> and then it becomes a question of because you're concerned that he's not going to sign this contract extension, what are you really willing to give up? I'm not giving up my top five prospects and a major MLB-ready guy. For two months of Shohei Otani. Right. So somebody says uh, there was the, the Marlins former president, forget his name, but he had a podcast. And what he was saying is that it would take two prospects, two players. That's the gist of what, what it would take to get Otani as a rental. I think and it was David it, Sampson. Yeah, that's him. And it wouldn't have to necessarily be your best prospects, 
but it has to be, you know, it has to be decent prospects. You're talking about, you're talking about an A player, a B player, and then two players. And he said you would treat it as if you were trading a pitcher and a hitter. Instead of looking at Otani as one player, you were looking at Otani as two players. So I'm giving you a, a pitcher with a sub three ERA, a sub four ERA, and I'm giving you a hitter who is a power hitter, you know? Yeah. And that's how so it gets done. A guy like a package like Dominguez, Wells, Vasquez, and Volpe. That's extremely. That's a lot. Right, but you're talking that that's the kind of that, but that's the I don't think it has to be. I don't think it has to. I don't, I think it's either Dominguez or Volpe. It doesn't have to be both of those guys, Dominguez and Peraza. Then, yes, yes, Dominguez, Peraza, and then two players. So it's like LeMahieu and and one other guy. Now, well, that becomes a thing. Like, do you mutually? So maybe Herman, maybe <laughs> Herman. Yeah. Because the idea, the the idea is, is I'm giving you Otani. Like, right, but and you're it, also going to end up having to probably take Anthony Rendon too, just from like <laughs> the, this. It's the poison pill. Like, okay, like you want sure. my best player, you want Josh Beckett, you got to take Mike Lowell. And as it turned out, Mike Lowell was the better Red Sox than Josh Beckett. But that's the, the story Mike for Lowell another day. Awesome. Mike Lowell was awesome. But like that's the poison pill in this thing. Like you're gonna have probably have to take Rendon if you're getting if you're gonna get Otani. Now, fortunately for the Yankees, they have a fellow named Josh Donaldson that they can DFA, and they could use they can use Rendon at third. But what's it gonna cost you? Now, you look at the top five at the beginning of the year, the top five farm systems. Number one was the Orioles. Yeah, they could crazy. they could definitely they could definitely use Otani, and he would play in Camden Yards. Is he gonna is he gonna sign in Baltimore? No, no. Number two is the Dodgers. He already likes the LA market. Would probably resign, and I think they have enough to get him. Number three, you're looking at the Diamondbacks. Resurgent, right? Could they possibly swing that? Would he resign? Most likely, no. Number four, the Cleveland Guardians. They're first place, but they're first place 500. That I don't necessarily think they need Otani to win the division. They need they need Otani to go far in the playoffs. And then the resurgent Reds are number five. He's not re-signing with Cincinnati. So realistically, it's got to be less likely just from how rich the package needs to be and the likelihood that he's going to re-sign with any of those teams I just mentioned that can actually afford him. It's one out of five. It's twenty percent. Like that just that just doesn't fly. That's not realistic. Unless the Yankees catch fire, and then offer the sun, moon, and stars, or if the Mets get hot and offer the sun, moon, and stars. But I realistically see the Mets as sellers. Right? They it would behoove them to get out from under some of these guys. Bring bring in Otani next year in free agency if that's what you're so inclined to do, and keep your farm system, use them to get somebody else, or fortify your major league roster with them. But Well I, I here's another here's an here's another thought is you go you go to Otani and you say, hey listen, we want a chance to re-sign you. 
where do you want to play for the rest of the season? We will trade you wherever you want to go, but let us have a chance to re-sign you. Yeah. Let us let you know, and it almost comes to him like you're being nice. You're the good guys. Like, hey, listen, we sucked this year. We want you to compete for a title. I will trade you wherever you want to go. I will make it work. I'll take you know pennies on the dollar to get you where you want. But you've got to give me a chance to re-sign you in the offseason. Okay, cool. Trade me to the Astros. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. I love the Astros. I love those players. I'll take them. Oh my God. I don't know if they would trade in the division. I really, I don't know. If he's that, if Artie Moreno is that concerned about trading Babe Ruth, he certainly isn't going to trade Babe Ruth. Oh yeah, I'm just trying to say, I'm saying that's what I would do. Yeah. Listen, I just want a chance. I want a chance because the whole problem is, is like, if I don't trade you, I get nothing. Here I am. I'm going to go trade you where you want to go. I'm going to get that team's good prospects and good players. And then I want to bring you back here to play with those guys, like a Chapman situation, you know? So let's, where do you want to go? And I'll make it work. I'll figure it out. I'll take pennies on the dollar if I have to, as long as you give me a chance, because they're not going to have a chance if he hits the open market. No, not a chance. He's not, they're not going to, he's not going to talk to them because there's no reason to, I don't have to talk to you. (laughs) Now, you know, a team that, you know, could possibly pull the trigger. They're notoriously frugal. But the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> could you could you imagine a one and two of Otani and Glass now? That would actually be really good. And McClanahan coming back? Like that's that would be pretty damn good. And you know, you have Bradley who's already on the major league roster. Maybe Mead, Carson Williams. You have a few guys that you can you have spare parts that you can, you know, that you can ship to the Angels, and let's be real here, they're gonna find a guy in A ball on some other team on some other team's roster. He's gonna be, you know, the Cy Young Award winner in three years. You don't like, make trades with the Rays, man. <laughs> you don't make trades with the Rays. <laughs> but they could certainly use him. But I would, I would not be surprised if the Rays get into this thing. Brian Cashman would shit himself. Brian Cashman. <laughs> Brian Cashman shitting himself for a bunch of different reasons, but if they if if the Orioles or the Rays pony up and get Shohei Otani, that division is done. <laughs> that division is over. O v a over. We're officially sellers. Okay, <laughs> let's clean house. Let's start Back. printing. We're going to start printing tickets for the American League Championship Series right now. No, I'm saying if you're the Yankees, you're like, all right, and that does it. Yep, yep. That just nice. about does it. So, uh, let's. We're in sell mode, boys. And we're, we're going to start with Mr. Cashman. You can we're go. going to sell. We're going to start with my office. <laughs> we're just going to make. We're just going to. Well, at least some of you guys are furniture movers. That's great. So yeah, no. If that ever happens, it, it's a time for a change in the Bronx. But there's, it's time for a, it's been time for a change in the Bronx. But these are all lovely theories, but it's not likely at all. Very, it's gonna be very, 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 very costly. And who knows? I, I just, I don't see it. More or less. Number three, Dame Lillard does not play another game for the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, so 
this is looking more and more likely because I think he's going to sit out to prevent injury. Blazers GM Joe Cronin said it may take time to find the right trade for the Blazers. I applaud him. Good for him. Make sure this thing makes sense for you. And make sure you max out, man. So I'm going to say more likely. I'm going more likely for a different reason, right? The Miami Heat laughed at your ask for Damian Lillard. But as the regular season goes on and these guys' values drop, it's not, it's all of a sudden, it's not looking as silly of a request. So, Dame Lillard, his value is going to stay the same because he's most likely not going to play, right? He's fresh, he's healthy, he's ready to go. Like, your, your assets are the ones that could depreciate as the team that's going to try to acquire Lillard. You're incurring all the risk here. All the risk is going your way for injury or lack of performance. The Portland Trailblazers don't need to do jack. Dame Lillard can just chill. He can just kick back, relax, stay in shape. So when he gets the call, he's good to go. Is that likely? The public persona makes you think no, just because of his his affinity for the Portland market, his affinity and loyalty towards the team. Like, like if he's going to act in good faith, but that doesn't mean the team won't deactivate him. Right? That doesn't mean that the team won't protect its assets. It, it's a it's a murky situation because there's a lot of moving parts, but it's more likely that it's more likely that he's going to play. So I'm going to go less likely that he doesn't play another game. I think he's going to play at least a little bit just to show that he's healthy and he's ready to go. But it's the, the long play. The long play is for for Lillard to not play. Like the, the, the long play is for him to stay healthy. And the long play is for him to be that coveted asset. But stranger things have happened. They they may. Who's to say that the Blazers don't get off to a hot start? Stranger things have happened. I mean, for God's sake, the Sacramento Kings were fourth in fourth in the Western Conference last year. Stranger things have happened for sure. So, if the Blazers get hot, who's to say this all doesn't fall by the wayside? Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. 
boys and girls. You know what time it is. It's time for your legend superstar of the week. We put up a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a coveted ass trophy and a shout out on this here show. And do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week, D? I don't. The worldwide leader, ESPN. You laid off a bunch of people and had a pizza party. Great looks, guys. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week, D? All right, first up, I've got the New York Yankees. The famously Spartan uniforms will now sport an advertising patch on their home and road jerseys. From now until the 2031 season, the purity and timelessness of the Yankees uniform is gone. You might as well slap a last name on the back and let the players start wearing facial hair. New York Yankees, you are my alleged superstar of the week. My next one is Mike Friedlin. Pete Alonzo's original home derby pitcher, home run derby pitcher. Hours before the contest, his forearm flared up and he was unable to help the slugger go for his third home run derby title, possibly costing him everything. So, Mike Friedland, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last, the New York Jets. Shocker. In a season where you're supposed to be competing for the Super Bowl and need zero distractions, you've decided to go on Hard Knocks. HBO's Hard Knocks. Certainly a distraction. Yeah. Because it was so successful the last few times they were on there. Uh, so it, the same, the same saying goes, same old Jets. New York Jets, you are my legend superstars of the week. What do you got, Zeke? All great choices. All great choices. I'm going to start with Brian Cashman. You fired hitting coach Dylan Lawson after... Another lackluster performance by the Yankee Bats. You brought in Sean Casey, who has uh, no coaching experience, except he was a former teammate with Aaron Boone. So this is the first time in 26 years that Brian Cashman has ever made a change in season. Well... There's a first time for everything. Right, Brian? And there's a panic in the air. This team is one of the worst teams money can buy. And that's on your watch. And realistically, I don't know how confident Yankee fans are in this guy making decisions moving forward. Particularly as you have a very critical trade deadline coming up in just a matter of weeks. And you have the unicorn that is Shohei Otani out over the horizon. Which, by the way, Cashman already whiffed on. Brian Cashman, this could be the beginning of your end. Brian Cashman, you are my alleged superstar of the week. ESPN, you're back. Two weeks in a row. My God, that home run derby coverage was awful. It was brutal. 
the split screen that you could not follow, the video game graphics that were just ridiculous, the launch angle, the miles per hour, the exit below. It's completely unnecessary. Then you have Carl Ravitch, like giggling like a schoolboy under the uh, under the play-by-play, right? Especially when J-Rod and P. Alonzo were up, he was just giddy. It was amazing how giddy Ravi was at the moment. And then the chef's kiss, the cherry on top, the P.S. There is his thoughts. When Vlad Jr. beats Randy Rosarena, they put the graphic up that he was the second Cuban player to ever win the home run derby. What? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is from Montreal, and his dad was Dominican. Whoops. It's a minor, minor detail, really. ESPN, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Bob Huggins. This story is getting weirder and weirder and weirder. Now, coach, the disgraced West Virginia basketball coach, is claiming that he didn't resign, even though they have a statement saying that he resigned. There's a question about the validity of the email with which it was sent. And there's also questions of whether or not this was just cause. So there's there's plenty of investigation going on right now. And this is just eroding whatever grace Coach Huggins left with. Coach, do yourself a favor. Go out on a high note. And it wasn't that high of a note. Go out, your tail between your legs and your head held high. Just leave while you still can before you further tarnish what's left of your legacy. Bob Huggins, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them DNZ sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co. Because there's always room for a brownie. Order up!
it is time we made it it's time for us to wrap up our position by position breakdown of the top five relief pitchers in major league baseball it's time for us to order up order up order up now that's not just closers it's middle relievers it's closers it's who's the best of the best from five to one who you got all right so i am gonna start with a guy i like to make fun of kenley jansen <laughs> I make fun of him because I love him. No, no, he's good, man. If you need, you need to close games, he gets the job done. 19 saves, 3.23 ERA. That's pretty good. Uh, number four, surprise you, Tyler Rogers. Mm. Second in the league with 20 holds, sporting a 2.17 ERA. Best reliever on my fantasy team. This is my number three guy. I got Tanner Scott. How about 64 strikeouts in 43 innings? Does that interest you at all? Number two, I've got Hector Neris. Number five in the league in holds with 17 and sporting a 1.43 ERA. And my number one will probably surprise you. It's Emmanuel Clase, Klaus, Clase, Jace, whatever his name is. Class A. Emmanuel Class A. Class A. I'm just loving the season he's having for a terrible Indians team. 25 saves. I believe that's second in the league. 3.38 ERA and a 1.15 whip. That is my top guy. Who you got? Great choices. Many and varied. For my honorable mention, because I do have an honorable mention, I do like the combination of Yenier Cano and Felix Bautista from the Baltimore Orioles. Isn't Bautista the guy who lost the game last night for the American League? In a game that doesn't matter. (laughs) Tell tell me again, what were his spring training numbers? Who gives a shit? 4-1 on the year, 107 ERA, 23 saves, 84 strikeouts, and 42 innings pitched, and a 0.93 whip. I'll take that. His buddy Cano, not as many strikeouts, 38 strikeouts in 42 and two-thirds innings, but a 1.48 ERA and a .89 whip. That's damn good. That's damn good. A guy, for number five, a guy that really doesn't get his just due, and maybe that's because he's just, you know, a lefty out of the bullpen, but Tim Mesa of the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reliable guy. He's a reliable guy. 32 strikeouts in 30 and two-thirds innings. A 1.08 ERA, uh, 1.08 whip, a 1.17 ERA. So very, very impressive. And, you know, one and one on the year, but his job is not to win. His job is to hold. His job is to keep the lead. And that's exactly what he does. Number four. Not... Edwin Diaz, although certainly Edwin Diaz probably would have made this list. He certainly would have made this list this year, but his brother's there, Alexis Diaz. 3-1, 2.03 ERA, 61 strikeouts in 40 innings pitch, 26 saves and a 1.03 whip for the first place Cincinnati Reds. A damn fine closer and a damn fine reliever. 
Number three, David Bednar of the Pittsburgh Pirates. 35 and a third innings pitched, 42 strikeouts, 0.96 whip, 1.27 ERA, 3-1 and one on the year, 17 saves. And a heck of a class act, gifting Clayton Kershaw a six-pack of Pittsburgh's finest when Kershaw bowed out, allowing Bednar to get on the all-star team. Number two, Devin Williams of the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, like, really? He's, re- he's reinvigorated the airbender, man. He's reinvented the changeup. It's amazing. 1.05 whip, 45 strikeouts and 33 in the third innings, 20 saves, 1.89 ERA, 4-2 and two on the year. I'd say that's pretty solid. He's definitely, you know, he's having a bounce back year, and he is anchoring that team. And number one, all reliable, Josh Hader, 1.08 ERA, 33 in the third innings, 50 strikeouts, 1.02 whip, 21 saves. Josh Hader continues to be a stud in the bigs. And to be the man, you have to beat the man. And he is continually the man. Now, will Williams eventually take that crown? Sure. Could Diaz do it? Absolutely. Can Cano or Bautista do it? Can It's possible. Relief pitching is a year-by-year basis, but Josh Hader has been consistent, and Josh Hader has, you know, he's definitely left... He's doing his job out in San Diego. He's left his imprint this season. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go wrap, but we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.